Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to be. This has been laid open on my kitchen table all week and our personal devotions, and it struck me as uh, something I needed to share with everyone. It's a portion of Scripture, I think, that uh, is kind of just there until you start really looking into it, and I'm, I'm tempted to go to Thessalonians chapter 3 next week. We're going to have some special speakers in here shortly, and some real uh, nice uh, times together, and May this be just one of them this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, written, the Holy Spirit used Paul to write this portion of Scripture. And uh, it's a very personal letter to, to his one of his favorite churches in Thessalonica. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. And that was 2,000 years ago. Let no man deceive you by any means, that for that day shall not come, except there be there come a falling away. First, of that man of sin first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That phrase, son of perdition, only perdition, son of perdition only shows up twice in Scripture, here and in the book of John, and that word perdition means to be totally useless, totally void of anything moral. It means... Uh, it means to be dep completely depraved. And uh, it's talking about uh, the end times here. There was a concern in that day. The first book of Thessal Thessalonica Thessalonians excuse me, was uh, first uh, Thessalonians, okay, was written so that, uh, and it talks about the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in that portion of Scripture, uh, there was some confusion there. It, and Paul said, there's no man knoweth the day, or not Paul said, Jesus Christ said, no man knoweth the day where the day may bring forth. But, and the big but is, there was some letters circulating at the time, and that, we'll bring that up here as we read on. Uh, there's references to uh, false teachers even in this portion of Scripture. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be a falling away. So there was some confusion on when that day was going to be. In fact, they were under the persuasion that it had already come, that the rapture was something they didn't quite understand, but that the people that were crucified on the cross, being killed daily, were some of those people that were being raptured up, and that was the way they were going to go first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God. He's pointing out who the man of perdition is. I heard references this week to our president being singing to the choir and him being the high priest. And there's been senators that have proclaimed themselves the high priest of the abortion issues and everything like that. We're seeing... We're seeing in this day and age politicians exalting themselves to the point of God because they're under the impression they can legislate morality. 
And that's one of the big things about the issues that you made a comment to earlier today is uh, in Sunday school is that uh, people are getting so upset because something they, that wasn't sin in their minds for 49 years now has become more regulated. It hasn't even been denied. It's just taken down to a state level. And they know at a state level there's more people that are going to consider it immoral than moral. And so they're worried about their morality being legislated away because that's what their morality is. It's just simple legislation. And that's not where we get our morality from. We get our morality from God's Word. And that's why it's an important thing to look into God's Word and study God's Word so you know when it's moral, when, when it's moral and when it's not, when it's sin and when it's not, when it's good and when it's not. And you don't need some legislator to tell you that, some congressman to tell you that. You don't even need a pastor to tell you that. You need to look in God's word, and it will tell you whether it's right or wrong. It's when we give that right up, that right, that when we give that privilege up to look into God's word that we start going down a slippery slope of immorality. Now, He's dealing with the Thessalonians. They were under the Church of Rome, Rome, our Church of Rome, the uh, government of Rome, as a corrupt government as it could be. And uh, they were having the same problems. Who opposes? And he's going to describe here who the son of perdition would be, or the Antichrist, or the spirit of Antichrist. We'll look into that just briefly. Let me read through this. Who approaches and exalteth himself. These are things he does. He exalteth himself above all that is called God, and that is worship, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remembering ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, that's re-reference back to the second, uh, first Thessalonians. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth both already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed. And when the Lord shall consume which the spirit of and the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all devilishness, deceitful yeah, okay, and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they revealed not the love of the truth, and they might be, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. And that's precisely what uh, some of this science says today. When I was a young man, I was taught that if it if it had the ability to at one time to reproduce, and it multiplied to any form in its own physical nature, it was living. And a baby in a womb is living right now. That's what life's all about. It doesn't have to breathe air. It doesn't have to function with water. It has to uh, be able to multiply and be in the process of self-multiplication. And 
now they have the ability to call that a uh, believe a lie and call it all kinds of different things, that they might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. You accepted Christ as your personal Savior. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit, and you are sanctified unto the Lord. It's all in that verse there, the simple gospel of salvation. But ye are bound to give thanks always to God for your brethren beloved of the Lord because he hath from the beginning hath chosen you unto salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle whether by preaching or God's word. Stand fast. Draw solace from this. Now the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you, establish you, not establish, but establish you in every good work, in every good word and work. It's interesting there. The subtitle for this message would be Everlasting Consolation. We have everlasting consolation. That word consolation means to uh, be comforted. No matter what the circumstances are, and he describes some very dire circumstances. Some people have interpreted this as to uh, the Antichrist coming into the temple and riding a pig, which defiles the temple. And uh, Hebrew scholars will attest to that in the Torah. But this portion of Scripture describes the falling away of people and the falling away of leadership for morality. And uh, right now you turn on the news, you see open defilement, open degradation, open blasphemy against God, against the law, against... Uh, I, I have never been called a white supremacist except by the President of the United States. And if you want to call me a white supremacist, we could, we could go out and duke it out, I guess. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be the right thing to do, uh, especially on the radio. But uh, I still will uh, get upset. I don't put up with that kind of stuff. But yet the President of the United States and the former President of the United States, one of the former Presidents of the United States, called me a Bible-thumping, gun-toting hypocrite. I mean, I didn't say it. He did. And I'm not going to tag with what, what denomination he is, because to him it's a denomination. But what political persuasion he is or what political persuasion I am. That, but I'm just telling you, that's where the world's going to, where we're at in this day and age, much like in Rome here and in Thessalonica. And so these people are under some real extraneous circumstances. Gas was creeping up to about six bucks a gallon. They couldn't find baby food in any of the stores. Check me if that's wrong or right. Yeah. And uh, things, are going, things were going pretty south there for them but they still had eternal consolation. 
they still had eternal consolation. The Lord God keeps his word. Uh, let me look at my notes now. Paul, the first one of the first points I want to bring out, and it's something uh, we uh, looked at on uh, one of the evening services of when we st when we talked about the King James Bible, was I want to point out here is Paul's references to a letter. In Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse two, he says, "Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." and by our gathering together unto him in a church service, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. There was false teachers in that day. They were forging letters, making another gospel, another version, should you say, and, just, and presenting it to the people, telling them that the coming of Christ had and passed, and that was all there was to it. And uh, that puts to mind the statement I was trying to make the other evening about how that God's word was written down. It wasn't passed mouth to ear, mouth to ear, mouth to ear. It was written down and solidified and standardized and in concrete because it was held dear and people lived by it and lived true to it. And so then it goes on and makes another reference to it. He also recognizes, that's why in Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 17, well, let me make sure, Second Thessalonians 3, 17, he says, he says, is this, is three or is it two? 317, yeah, the salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is taken in every epistle, so I write. He wanted them to recognize that this book was presented to the people, this portion of scripture. Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit, was constrained by the Holy Spirit, was told by the Holy Spirit, and wrote down through the breath of God's word and by the Holy Spirit, and by Jesus Christ making it all possible, all three of them were involved when he penned this book down. And the people could look at it and recognize his handwriting and know it wasn't of a false teacher. And there's references to false teachers in the next portion of Scripture, uh, in the next epistle, that they were there, were penning down God's word in their own regard, interpreting it and penning it down in their own regard. So there's a direct reference and proof already there in Second Thessalonians that God's word was written down and wasn't just passed on to us by some other means. Some of Paul's references indicate false teachers. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. And that's over there in Second Peter. And that's coming up on James. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets among you, the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Nothing new under the sun. God's word's been attacked 
from the very beginning, as we looked at before, in the Old Testament, it's been attacked by Satan himself. Yea, hath God said, one of the first questions in Scripture. So, he moves on from there. Some people, uh, Paul warns of the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1, well, 3 through 12. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 12, I'm sorry. 2, 3 through 12. Let no man deceive you by any means that the day shall come, except there, become a fall, there come a falling away. He talks about two things that will come before the end times, a falling away and the son of perdition. And like I said, that's only used, that term son of perdition is only used twice in Scripture. In reference to Luz, uh, to uh, uh in John, it's in reference to uh, Judas who went out and hanged himself. But these things are, I go, when I'm reading this, I'm going, oh, we're going to have that. We, we can know when the end times are coming, and we, there's got to be some, there's got to be a falling away. And I go, and I, I'm keeping in mind that I'm, I'm trying to tell you when we're all done that everything's been fulfilled for the end times, and one of them is, is the man of perdition will be identified how long will it take to identify the man of perdition? How long will it take to identify the Antichrist? How long was it after uh, the last president of the United States? How long was it after Putin declared, didn't declare war? He's never declared war, but he's entered into the uh, Ukraine. How long did it take to get around the world? No time at all. So that man of perdition could be revealed in a news broadcast this afternoon as far as fulfillment. The falling away. What's the falling away? The other requirement for the end times, one of the end requirements for the end times. The falling away. Well, you know, I grew up, and I think of my dear sweet grandmother. She uh, converted from Luther, from being a Lutheran because she wasn't a very strong Lutheran. She was German in her ancestry, and German by her heritage, and Lutheran by her heritage and her environment, so to speak. And she uh, converted to Catholicism to marry her husband, who was a banker through the recession. It was a matter of survival. Had a wonderful marriage, had several children. When she, Before she died, she accepted Christ as her personal Savior when she listened to Billy Graham on TV. Wasn't that something? I stopped in one time when I was in the service and said, Hey, Grams, how's it going? Have you become a Christian, a real Christian yet? And she told me with tears in her eyes. She watched the guy on TV and prayed when he prayed and accepted Christ. Softened me up a lot on some of these evangelists, TV evangelists. And she came to a wonderful relationship with God, which you can come to if you haven't. And by the way, we're going to go to the lake in a couple of weeks. If you want to get scripturally baptized, that'd be a good place to do it. We'll baptize. So come to me after service. Come to me in, in personal. We'll go over baptism. If you think you need to be, you should be baptized. And if you think you want to more, know, know more about it, we can take care of that at the lake. Uh, back to our message. That was a commercial. Back to our message now. Uh, two things take place, a falling away. Okay. I watched my dad almost tremble when he watched Billy Graham 
on the radio. And I'm not trying to immortalize Brother Graham. God rest his soul. He's a man in heaven right now. He had faults and strengths just like every one of us. He was a long ways from perfect, a lot like me. I'm a long ways from perfect. And so he, uh, but I seen a great gathering. Three and 6,000 people come to, okay, where are they now? I came to you from a church that ran 5,000. It's running barely 500 now. Now, what I'm trying to say is we might have already seen the falling away. I hear people explain to me that Christ isn't going to come yet because we haven't had the great gatherings. We haven't had the great uh, uh, revivals. I'm saying to you, they've happened. I've seen a few. It's done. Now, I'm not saying we can't have another one. That'd be great. I'm all for it. But to say that it's not going to happen, we're on the very precipice of the end times. If they're not, if, if you listen closely, and I like to use the term, if you listen closely, you can hear the silverware being set at the table in Revelations where the great supper will take place. But I know right now I can smell what they're cooking. Just, just, just like Christmas and Thanksgiving when you sat in the living room trying not getting run out of the kitchen because you'd snitch at the food. <laughs> I, I can see myself just sitting there but I can smell it, and I know it's going to be served soon. And that's where we're at in this day and age. And that's where we're at in God's. If, you, if we're not hearing them set the silverware, we're sure smelling the goodies. It's coming. It's coming, and it's going to be here. And God is in control. He has got everything in his hands. He has told us what to look for. It's all been fulfilled, but he's given us one thing to take us through it. If it's another 100 years from now or 10 minutes from now, it's eternal consolation. It's verse 17 of the chapter we're looking at. Eternal consolation. That's what I want to bring to you today. He loves us. He wants us to have the confidence, not only of salvation, but his word. And that's who he's going to judge the Antichrist for, for by did you see that there? He's going to judge the Antichrist by his word. Above all that is called God, remember not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. He who hath liveth will let until he's taken away. And the wicked one revealed who the Lord, Lord verse 8, who the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. You wonder why the devil attacks God's word? Well, he's called the father of lies. That's one reason. He hates truth. Jesus Christ is truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the, the devil not only helped, hates Jesus Christ and all truth, but he'll be judged by truth in the end. Now you listen to some of these politicians in our day and age. We call Putin a liar. I heard today that he lost one-third of the Russian army so far to Ukraine. One-third. That was verified through British intelligence, not even our own intelligence. Okay, so he's a bald-faced liar, right? Okay, I heard also that they never had a COVID vaccine until after our president became president. 
then he had to develop the vaccine himself. I heard him say it with his own words. Although I was also alive and got my vaccine before he ever became president, and he got his vaccine and the vice president vaccinated before he became president. Who's lying? Who's the bigger liar? We got the father of lies. We've got lies and authority and over us. It's all being fulfilled. Oh, it's a long ways off. No, I tremble when I think how close we are to end times, how possible it is. But at the same time, I have, as sure as I'm here today, I can go down and fight at the post office to try to get the last little bit of the mailings out for this church because it's worth it because I want to get God's word out and we have something to look forward to. We have the gospel in our hands. We have the ability to get it out. We share it with others. That's what the day is about. So much more as you see the end approaching. So it's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a wonderful time to do something for God. It's a wonderful time to make decisions that will affect the rest of your life, no matter if it's going to be cut short or you're going to live for years and years and years. It's a different time we live in. We've entered the age of knowledge, and if you study that out in Scripture, that's part of the prerequisite to the end times. You can press a button and find out anything you want to know within reason. You can find out things you don't want to know if you press the wrong button. But the Lord has given us eternal consolation. He's in control. He knows what's happened. He's warned us about it. He says uh, we are not to be misled by false prophets. And he talks about his coming will occur after a great falling away once man and, uh, the man of sin has been revealed. We just covered the possibilities that that could take place or it could be postponed. When the lawless one is revealed, Christ will overthrow with the spirit of his mouth. And how will he do that? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. And, and then the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and to destroy with the brightness of his coming. He'll destroy him with truth, John 14, 6. He'll destroy him with light, John 8, 6, 8 12. And again, he'll destroy him with his life that he gave for us, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We are encouraged to always return thanks to God in this portion of Scripture, verses 13 through 17, even though it's, we're in a darkness, a time of confusion, a, a rough time. But we are bound to give thanks always to God, verse 13. For you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you through salvation, through sanctification, through the spirit of belief of the truth. If you've accepted God's word as truth to any degree, you're on your way to salvation. And if you've accepted the truth that he died on the cross for your sins, which would make this message completed in a gospel presentation, if you accepted the fact that he became man and made himself a little lower than the angels, and served his heavenly father in commitment and an example to us and lived a sinless life and then went to the cross and died for your, his innocent blood was shed for your and my salvation. You've believed and trusted in his truth. 
and you've accepted his word. You've been sealed again by the Holy Spirit. You've been perpetuated into eternal life, a positive eternal life. Do you know everybody's going to live forever? It's where you're going to spend that. It's been said, it's been said a good person only dies once. A bad person will die twice. He'll be thrown into the lake of fire after he's died the physical life. We are encouraged to always return thanks to God. When's the last time you thank God? When's the last time you cleared your schedule and thanked God and went to church? When's the last time you've decided to be obedient to him in believer's baptism? When's the last time you decided to be uh, trustworthy and walk in newness of life? How do you thank God? Is he somebody you just keep off on the shelf? Is he somebody you make real commitments towards? Is he somebody you even thank him for? Sat down several times this week at the dinner table. Things weren't going so well. My wife was ill. Lucky I got dinner at all. <laughs> and sat at the dinner table and I, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel miserable, but thank you, Lord. My wife's not feeling well. Thank you, Lord, that you give us life. You give us a wonderful church, a wonderful uh, community, wonderful people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the times we live in. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. I know the truth. I can walk in that everlasting consolation now. What's holding you back from everlasting consolation? If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you haven't entered into that everlasting consolation. And the only thing that can ruin your confidence and your consolation in the Lord in this time we live in is your obedience to him. What's holding you back from experiencing the confidence and the love and the grace and the privileges God's given to us? What's keeping you from enjoying your breakfast? What's keeping you from enjoying your lunch? We need to trust in the Lord, give ourselves over. Let's all stand.